0: Just tuned into the podcast, keeping you up to date on church news, ministry developments, and positive words to get you
1: fired up for the week. And now, here is your host, Pastor Dave o. Good day to you all. Glad to have you back tuning in this week to the podcast Come Alive. And this week I have an interview with the comedian Brett Hollis and we're going to highlight our missionaries Tom and Deb Pocene and uh, we'll look at the next Lighthouse DNA value. But first, let's catch up on all the latest Lighthouse news. This Sunday, May 24th, we are going to be back with a live service in the sanctuary and you're invited. Now things, of course, they're going to be a little bit different and I encourage you to check your inbox for an email uh, or a Facebook page for a post explaining all the adjustments we'll be making to create a safe time of community together. And for those who feel more comfortable staying home right now, well, we're going to continue to offer live stream on Facebook and YouTube. So check those out if you're at home. Community in reach this week, we're praying for Bernadette Erickson. Bernadette is the Director of Education Educational programs for Envision Greater Fond du Lac. So a personal card has been sent to her letting her know that we're praying for her as a church. So let's remember this week Bernadette Erickson, the director for the educational programs. In Fond du Lac. Well, last Sunday, Pastor Tim spoke on Matthew 11, 28 and 29, uh, where Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. And he just reminded us that God wants us to come to him, to dwell in his presence and how we long for true rest in our lives, don't we? But that realization that that can only be found in him. And when we come to him, we have peace in our hearts and peace in our minds and our lives. And it's really an open invitation for you and me. And if you didn't catch it, head over to our YouTube page. Just search Lighthouse Christian Church FDL and you'll find it on YouTube. Or go to our Facebook page, LCC Shine On. Okay, it's time for the Missionary Minute. This week, we're highlighting Tom and Deb Posin working with YWAM out of Montana. And Tom writes, Deb and I have been with YWAM for 29 years. We have three daughters-in-law and five grandkids. September 2020 is our 40th wedding anniversary. Deb and I currently focus on planting and encouraging Bible schools in our target nations, like Ukraine, Nepal, India, Thailand, and Cambodia and around the world we're also involved with the online bible schools of ywam as well deb is administrating the entire english-speaking america's region during normal times deb and i travel often teaching and encouraging these schools we have planted three schools in the last four years deb also works as an academic advisor for the university of the nations and i'm on the leadership council as well as serving in various other leadership capacities here in montana And God continues to open doors for us as we get older, and we're very thankful that we've been blessed with health and opportunities for fruitful service all of these years. God bless you and everyone there that has formed the bedrock of our support for all of these years. Well, I got a recent note from Deb, and she writes, Hello, dear friends. I realize that even though we have all been on a bit of a shutdown from the normal things we used to do, we have been busy. They write they were able to put together sack meals for around 1,000 kids per day on the Flathead Reservation. And over the past five weeks, they've added 120 new online students. 50 of them are part of the YWAM Corpus Christi Ships cohort. And they say blessings to you all and stay safe and sound. We appreciate you all so much. Tom and Deb. Well, that's our LCC Mission highlight this week. Tom and Deb Pocene working with YWAM in Montana and traveling the globe, equipping, teaching, and training. You can find more about their work at ywammontana.org Well, last week we started a new segment called Lighthouse DNA, and we talked about Lighthouse being a safe harbor where we express God's care, build a strong faith, and create a strong family together. We care because God cares. And we looked at Lighthouse vision and value number one, which is following Jesus, talking about discipleship. Well, this week we're looking at growing in our faith, the second vision and value of Lighthouse, which talks about maturity of our faith. We care about growing in our faith, where we start small and we think big. We're willing to take risks, make mistakes, and showing grace and forgiveness and growth together. We care about growth in our walk with Christ. You know the old statement that says, God loves you too much to leave you in your current state. And as we follow Christ, God is going to stretch us. He's going to ask us to do things that seem bigger than ourselves, because they are. And yes, we will make mistakes, but these are learning opportunities that sharpen us. And we need to learn what doesn't work just as much as what does work. Albert Einstein famously said, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. So we realize that as we grow, we make mistakes, but we have the chance to show grace to each other and forgiveness. And this all works to increasing our growth as the community of God in the world, and as we operate as his church. So that's Lighthouse DNA number two. We care about growing in our faith, not remaining where we were or where we currently are, but continually stretching, continually growing in him. Okay, it's time for some encouraging words in Faith Focus. This week I had a blast interviewing comedian Brett Hollis. Now, Brett has previously been at Lighthouse to speak, and we were able to do a coffee and comedy night with him at Urban Fuel, um, which was especially for teachers. And we hope to do more of these types of collaborations in the future. Now, Brett is truly three in one, meaning he's a speaker, he's a storyteller and comedian, all wrapped in one. Are you looking for really funny, clean comedy? He can deliver that. Do you want some motivational stories that inspire? No problem. Is your desire to have someone come to your event with a relevant life-changing message? You got it. You can have just one of these or all three. But no matter what the setting, Bread delivers engaging, motivating, audience-specific funny material. And feeling most comfortable on stage with a mic in his hand, Brett travels all over providing entertainment in his own unique style for audiences of all ages, sizes, hairstyles, and blood types. Make sure you check out his website at thebretthollis.com and follow him on Twitter at thebretthollis. That's B-R-E-T-T-H-O-L-L-I-S. Well, before we get to the interview, let's tune in to a few nuggets from funny man, Brett Hollis.
0: well one night, I go to the pharmacy at Safeway, well, yeah, and I'm looking at the shelf, and they have they have this this pain reliever, same company, same brand, same price, $7.99, same price. But one of them said pain re- reliever. The one next to it said extra strength pain reliever. I sat there and I thought,
1: mm, I don't know.
0: turkey on the pain. I just kind of I'll take the regular payment. Who does that? Get the big one. Get the powerful one. And then I happen to be, well, I'm kind of a guy that plans ahead and I was, well, I was looking at that poly grip denture cream. And I, I mean I don't need it right now, but I was looking at it just to see what one day maybe I'll have to have. This is what it said on it. It said on the front of it. No artificial color or flavoring. Yeah, because you wouldn't want anything teeth to taste just like the old ones did (laughs) you know artificial coloring people come up to me Brad. are your teeth artificially colored (laughs) no they're yellow for real that's
1: the way they are that's just the way they are
0: I had to go out in the garage and look through all of our old DVDs I had and I found the movie Twister. Remember the movie Twister with Helen Hunt? One of my favorite all-time movies. If you own this movie at home, look on the back because I was going to put it in the, the DVD player and I looked on the back and it said this. Rated PG-13 for intense depiction of very bad weather. I didn't know we could rate the weather. the curtains because that rain was just too inappropriate for kids their age this weather's for mommies and daddies only is that how they came up with the term nasty weather I mean I don't know
1: Well, I'm really excited to have uh, Brett Hollis here with us on the podcast today and uh you know Brett, you're almost uh, you're almost like an old friend now. You've been you've been around Lighthouse a few times and people have gotten to know you. So I appreciate you taking some uh some time to to be with us here today. Well, absolutely. Heidi Ho, good neighbor. How are you? Hey, we're doing well. You know, we're alive and well and things are looking up in Wisconsin <laughs> and uh we got summer weather. And uh, we're ready to just break out of our homes and <laughs> get out to the parks and uh, get around town a little bit. Nice, so. nice. Well, yeah. we
0: have summer weather here also. It is in the low 50s and raining
1: right now. So that's summer. For- oh, man. Well, that's that's a good Seattle. You know, I heard, though, it was almost 80 the other uh, last week or something. It though, was. It? it was. Yeah. Actually, man.
0: Actually, for Mother's Day weekend, it was very sunny, which... Which nice. normally would be great, but, you know, all the wife wanted was for me to do yard work for for Mother's Day. Yeah. Which was,
1: well, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, get that list going. Yeah, it you was know? a real
0: bummer. I was hoping it was going to rain, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, you know, you don't have to wait
1: too long for that if you're in Seattle area, I guess. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's been fun having I know before the, the lockdown and everything, we were actually going to bring you out. We had everything planned for a bunch of uh uh coffee shop, comedy nights with yeah. nurses and with um, some other groups. And I'm hoping we can get back to that because I remember when you came out before, we had it up at Urban Fuel and that was really a oh, blast. I had so fun. much fun. It was such a great atmosphere.
0: Yeah. I thought you guys did an outstanding job putting everything together the desserts and then uh the owner of the urban coffee I can't remember her name off the top of my head but she was so generous and fun and the the audience yeah was great it was a very yeah. fun lively yeah. audience so yes
1: i was bummed yeah, i was great. bummed that couldn't
0: come out this time <laughs> but make, you know hopefully yeah. we can make it work soon
1: Well, we're definitely going to do it again, and uh, hopefully you'll get back to traveling here uh, before you know it. It's hard to say how things are going to go, but I know before, you know, you were traveling um, a fair bit. You know, do you ever get on a plane and someone's like, what do you do for a living? They find out you're a comedian and then they're like, oh, you know, do you have a joke or, you you know, you want to say something funny? (laughs) Yes. The most common saying is,
0: say something funny. Yeah, uh, and no. I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking. Like, <laughs> if I was a dentist, would you ask me to fix someone's teeth yeah. in front of you? What, right. why is it you want yeah. me to prove something? You know, right now.
1: Yeah, could you just look at this molar right here? It's just aching a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <you> know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and I know you know. For many years, uh, you were mm-hmm. a pastor, and uh, you got into comedy a little bit later on. And I was wondering. Um, when what was that moment when you knew that, hey, I think I think this comedy thing is something I'm going to pursue. How did that? How did that? All well, I'll yet? tell you
0: what. It, and I don't want to make this longer than you wanted. But it, it yeah. back back when I was eight years old is when I really got the itch to do this. Wow. And, um, okay. I had collected. Uh, some Bill Cosby records and had listened oh, to yeah. and I was always fascinated with his ability to tell stories. And he was a he was a great storyteller, but uh got really interested into it or uh, into comedy and yet I you know, I love to entertain at school. I love to entertain at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. I was I was the, <laughs> the, the uh, kid at the table that was so dramatic, I always spilt my milk. In fact, I spilt my milk so often, <laughs> telling stories that I came home one day and my dad was taking bathtub caulking and sealing the cracks of our table because <laughs> milk would always drip through and stain uh, our floor. But anyhow, uh, you know, I was the kid that if I if I thought I could make someone laugh, I, I would do whatever it took. And oftentimes that landed me in the principal's office or outside in the hall. But if I made them laugh, I always yeah. felt it was worth it. So you fast forward yeah. and I never told anybody that I actually wanted to do it full time. I had people tell me that. I was reading some annuals of mine, school annuals recently, and it was really loaded with a bunch of students and teachers saying, hey, you, know, you should mm. get into this, whatever. And, I was just always too afraid wow. and i was too afraid for two reasons one i didn't think people would think i was funny and two um i didn't i didn't like the idea of making it sound like i thought i was funny if that makes sense you know kind of like that mm. pride oh you should yeah. come and hear me and but i went on a yeah i went yeah. on a sabbatical i w- i had been pastoring for 10 years i went on a sabbatical in 2011 and the lord just really put in my heart to uh, start writing because well actually let me back up 2003 I was on a vacation this is significant this is why I'm telling this Mm. I was on a road trip with my family we are going through Wyoming everyone was asleep in the vehicle like the classic family vacation and (laughs) I wasn't even praying or anything but I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to me almost like you and I are talking right now and just said to my heart Who are you to say those dreams in you are not from me? And see, I had this Mm. dream of being a comedian for so many years, but then in the pastoring field, I knew I was called the pastor, and so I just kind of never pursued it. And anyhow, then fast forward to 2011, when I went on a sabbatical, I began to write comedy. Well, I wrote over 100 pages of comedy uh, (laughs) on that sabbatical, and I I started going to comedy clubs and doing open mics And uh, when I came back, I just decided I am sick and tired of letting fear drive me. I had not pursued it because I was afraid. And I finally told my wife and I told my parents and my family and I rented out a theater in our town here nearby, it was 250 seat theater. And I asked six friends Mm. of mine from different areas around here if they would help me sell tickets because I didn't want, I never announced it to my church. And I didn't want to yeah. have people there that were just friends because I, you know, how on American uh. Idol, someone will sing and then they, <laughs> they'll judge them and the person will cry and say, But my friend said I was good. You know, All right, I, didn't right. want that. I yeah. wanted to know if I was genuinely good or not. Well, anyhow, we sold out the theater and it the show went fantastic. Mm. And I remember being up there and when the audience began to laugh it was almost <laughs> like i came fully alive there's i was almost like there was a part of me that had been dormant for so long and it just wow, came alive wow. and that's really what started the ball rolling for me back in 2011 is i just finally man i finally stepped out and and tried to overcome
1: my fears and that's that's when i got the yeah. the real bug so that's so cool. You know, I've heard that too from from some other comedians in terms of that audience response. I think Jerry Seinfeld talks about a little bit in terms of like the 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 work that it takes and 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 the the writing and the editing and the creating and and then getting up there and and just kind of putting yourself out there. All of that all that work kind of leads up to this moment but when there's this connection with the audience there's that feedback he said there's like there's nothing like yeah. it and, and you you almost you do anything to to get that response to get that connection that laugh from the audience and i'm sure that's an it, amazing it experience. is it's
0: really really exhilarating because there is there is such a power in laughter i mean scripture speaks yeah. of of laughter a cheerful heart being good medicine and it's it's amazing yeah. you, know, you were asking me when i get on an airplane i sit by someone they find out i'm a comedian you know the thing i have noticed it's just it's it's funny no pun intended but I, every single time yeah. i'm somewhere airplane or wherever and someone asks what i do and i tell them i do comedy they always smile they always smile yeah there's <laughs> we want to smile we uh, want to laugh we want a reason to laugh and yeah. so when you hear an audience do that you know i remember i used to watch comedians. And it was—it used to make me laugh when they would get done with their show and they'd go, "Thanks, you've been a great audience." And I thought, "What did they do? They did nothing. You did all the work." Yeah. But, but right. now that I right. perform regularly, man, the audience mm. is so key. I mean,
1: if they're ready oh, to yeah. laugh, it yeah. draws it out of you. I mean, it is—it's exciting. It's yes, fun. yeah. There's like a generosity there in a way I'm sure that you feel from from an audience in comparison to like other times when it feels like you're walking through molasses or trying oh. to like nothing th- what what is going on nothing's connecting and that must be a, a tough situation to be in too oh. the other side of it oh, it's like oh it's man. horrible it's i've
0: i've had moments where <laughs> i felt like i was performing at a morgue and there was no response, <laughs> and because there was no response, wow. I was wishing I was dead in the morgue. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. wanted yeah. to go home and yeah. go to bed and, and not wake up for three days. I mean, it really, it it is really hard, especially if it's a long show. So for example, if I'm hired to do an hour long show, you think, you think about this. If yeah. you were to sit and just look at your clock for an hour, That's a long time and it would drive you nuts. And if you are the only entertainment for one hour and the audience is not enjoying it, oh my word. Yeah. Oh, oh. Marathon. Wow. It is not an enjoyable experience. And you know what? (laughs) I've just, I've had, I've had a number of those and I have, it seems like there's always one person in the audience with their arms crossed that are determined not to laugh make yeah, me laugh yeah. kind and of a that thing that used though. to bother me and now I'm not saying it doesn't bother me but now I look at it as a challenge and I go okay I'm going to crack this nut you know I'm going to do what I can Yeah, even if I have to go up and tickle them I'm going to do what I can to make them laugh yeah. you
1: know well, I remember when you were at Urban Fuel. That um, I can't remember if you were doing forty-five minutes or how long the set was, but I just remember it went so fast. And I, I was looking at my at my phone at one point to see what time it was, and I realized, wow, this is almost <laughs> up already. So I think that was a good sign that yeah, everybody was just totally yeah, yeah. I mean, really, <laughs> truly, when I said that we're a great audience,
0: I mean, they were into it. They were. I just felt like they were kind of drawn it out. I mean, yeah, that it did go by fast. I remember that. it was yeah. it was a lot of fun.
1: So the writing process, I know um, I remember you were telling me before that you write a lot. You know, you got to keep developing material because a lot of these places you'll return to. But what's your writing process? How do you, like, do you have a particular time, a particular place? If you can, I know when you're on the road, you know, it'll be different places, but how do you go about writing? Every day,
0: every day I put in a certain amount of time on my laptop. Well, I should say this every day that I can, like you said, there are weird days that you're just not able to, but I try every day to sit down for at least a minimum of 10 minutes to three or four hours i will sit down and i will just write you know i always have my phone on me so so if an idea comes to me i'll either leave a voice memo for me or i will write it down really quick so what happens it all starts for me with a thought so i will see something that makes me laugh and i'll write it down I will I will think of, you know, most of my, I would say most of my material is actual experiences that have happened to me. And so uh, mm-hmm. there are times that I'll have an experience and I will stop and I will write it out in as much detail as I can before I forget. Or I'll write key keywords or whatever. Um, or I'll just have a joke. I'll just have a, a phrase pop into my head or whatever it may be. And then I come home and say the next day when I sit down to write, then I will write it all out in detail and I'll start developing it. The crazy Hmm. thing is, there are jokes that I wrote 10 years ago that I haven't used yet because I think they're funny. I just don't think they're funny enough yet and I'm trying to figure out how to tweak them. Um, But yeah, the writing process, it's just develops over time. Like, I get writer's block a lot where I'm like, oh, oh. man, I, re- I I feel like I'm not funny at all. I feel like I have nothing new to mm. offer. So, when those on those days, I just go back to the stuff that I am already using and seeing if I can make it better. You yeah. know? I'll sit down and I'll t- yeah. try to tweak a joke. Yeah. Or- Sometimes it happens on stage live when I didn't even expect it. Like, I've ah. had a couple jokes where... Um, I don't know where they came from i mean i'm up there and it just came out of me and it got bigger last than anything else that night and i tried to make myself remember oh, what wow. it was when i got home and i wrote it down and
1: it worked ever yeah. since you know sort of thing so that's cool it almost reminds me of like um recording artists you know songwriters the same type of process where, where they'll have like a um yeah a notepad or 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 um something to record a little snippets and something pops up in their mind and they write it down before they forget it and it seems some of the similarities because it really is it's an art I mean we're talking about artists just doing different things and whether you're recording a song or writing a song or you're, you're writing comedy there's that like that moment of inspiration or there's those nuggets that that can build onto something else later and so you kind of stockpile them away and maybe it'll become something later so it's interesting to see that those yeah and you know uh,
0: in line with that there are times that I'm writing I don't feel like I've got anything funny but I force myself to just write out all of my thoughts on a, on a topic. I'll pick a topic mm. or I'll pick an observation. I'll write out all my thoughts. And then later, um, it just clicks. Something will click. Something will will link them together mm. and I go, ah, okay, that's how I can use this, you know? So for example, I was I was telling a true story of my father one day. And then I was mm. also, earlier that year, trying to write some material about sleeping bags i know this is a weird example but i was writing some material about sleeping bags. <laughs> well i was performing and sharing something about my dad and something came to mind that connected something with sleeping bags and it, it has worked ever since mm. but i never would have connected those sitting here in front of my lap yeah you know what i mean so what i think i think as long as you Engage every day and keep the momentum of your brain working in this realm. Things yes. will come to you sometimes when you least expect it. Like, for example, I spend the first part yeah. of the morning always praying and then you know saying, "All right, God, help me, yeah, help me." Whether it's writing a sermon or writing jokes, just help me with this. And wouldn't you know it? A lot of times, it's one o'clock in the morning when I'm in bed, and all of a sudden, an idea comes to me. Yeah, and I'm laughing, and I have to like turn the brightness of my phone down so i can type it in without waking up my wife you know i've had so many jokes come to me in bed and it's it's been pretty funny
1: Well, that's so true, and and I think what you said about how the brain works, I mean, I've experienced that too, and and I've read that, how the brain is, like, if you're working on a problem and you're stumped, and and you go away, you start doing something totally different, well, your brain is still working on that problem in the background, and it's trying to find connections, and it's trying to find meeting points, and then, like you said, all of a sudden, it'll come to you when you're not even thinking about it, and yeah, it's an amazing feeling, and you wonder, how in the world that happened? I wasn't even trying do that, and all of a sudden, right. I know how to join these things together. Or this is a connection yes. I would have never, yeah, made. And, you it's, know? and it's amazing that's yeah. me, and I yeah. need more
0: of those moments. I, oh, yeah, man, I think we I'm all do. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: um, you know, I wanted to ask you what you thought about um, just kind of a, a, a bigger level question what What do you think about the state of Christian comedy uh, today? Just in terms of, of like, do you feel like there's a lot of other newer people kind of getting into comedy because when i think of christian comedy too from years past i remember um even back in like the 90s right. there's like mark lowry and and we've got like you know tim hawkins has been around for a number of years but now there's some other guys like michael yeah. jr and i don't know um you probably know a lot more than i do but how do what do you feel like the momentum is around christian comedy in general you feel like it's a, a really big Uh, growing area you think a lot of people are getting into it now that you've run across i I would
0: say i would say that the majority of people that i have met it's kind of funny because yes on one side i would say definitely christian comedy is increasing i think comedy in Mm. general whether it's clean or dirty or whatever Mm. it is there are more comedians today i think than ever before i mean Comedy really made its huh. big hit in the seventies. And and I mean you had guys, but it really made its big kind of hit in the at least in the US in the seventies. And not many people were doing it. I mean mm. you had you had your key comedians and there was a handful of them and they were they were doing really well. I cannot believe how many people yeah. are doing comedy now. And uh, I know hmm. I I, wow. um, I know that there are a lot of Christian comedians out there. In fact, you can get on website. You know, you can just Google Christian comedians, and you'll find hmm. websites that are full of yeah. different comedians that are Christians that are going around doing doing clean comedy. So, yeah, I I think it's hmm. definitely growing. But it's funny because it's growing. It's becoming more common. I mean, you think about this. There are so many venues now where they're bringing in Christian comedy. Like, for example, lots yeah. of conventions, they want to they want to involve a comedian. Um uh, you you look at different oh, yeah. uh workshops, they want to involve comedians. You look at uh church events where they do like say a date night, they bring in comedians. It's really really common mm. now. Mm-hmm. But but what I'm also finding mm. on the flip side, which has really shocked me actually, is I've had so many churches tell me, yeah, I really had to work at convincing my board uh, or the people to come to a show where there's comedy because they just don't feel like comedy should be in the church or, you know, all they've ever known is Uh, stories of of dirty comedians. And so, um, you know, I really had to work hard to make this happen. And I've always been a little shocked by that because I feel like, if there was ever any place that we should laugh, it's church. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. There's certainly a yeah. time to be serious and it needs to be reverent and so forth. But we should be a happy people. We, we, Christians, Christians yeah. should be the happiest people on the earth. And, you know, when I started doing this full time, mm. I felt the Lord speak something to my yeah. heart that has been a really, uh, A motivation for me and I've seen it happening now and that was this I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said the church is going to need to be reminded to laugh in the days to come and Mm. and you know that was Mm, about 10 years ago and to look back now and go oh yeah okay and now today in fact I you know I just did a message for a church uh, for this weekend talking about joy and laughter and the power of that through a time like this. Here we are experiencing this pandemic and mm-hmm. churches are closed and pastors are trying to figure out how am I going to connect to my church and all these different things. And people are having their good days and then they're having their bad days. And it's really wrecking some people, right? I mean, it's really, and and yet the mm-hmm. Lord brought yeah. right back to that word Uh, just this weekend again like the church needs to be reminded that we have every right and every reason to laugh it's not that we laugh at the world it's not Mm -hmm. that we laugh at what's happening but it's that we're able to laugh because laughter stems from true joy and true joy stems from a true relationship with jesus and and when we have yeah. that, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to be giddy every day, but when you, when you have that joy, you know, it was Paul, it was Paul who said, my joy knows no bounds. And yet I think things like mm-hmm. pandemics have a tendency to put boundaries on our joy. Like I'll have joy if I can go back to work or I'll yeah. have joy when I can start going to a restaurant again, or I'll have joy when I can make more money. Well. We've got to learn to let our joy right. guide us through these circumstances, not
1: let our circumstances determine our joy. Right. right. Where the joy is the foundation. And it comes out of that, yeah, like you said, that relationship with Christ. Well, and that's interesting because I'm sure you found through the years so many connections between uh, pastoring. Yeah. And comedy, you know, in terms of what they what they do, and it's you know ministering to people in a different format and connecting with people, and and kind of bringing their attention back even to some of those important yeah. things through comedy. Because it's interesting, you know, when you, when you laugh and and you kind of relax, it it almost opens you up to really seeing things maybe you didn't yes. see before and, or in yes. perspective. And how here's something I was thinking about this weekend: when we laugh.
0: Isn't it, in some ways, a form of peace being expressed in this? I mean, can you really hmm. laugh if you don't have peace? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's those there's those people who laugh when they're scared, you know, or whatever. But, I mean, true, a true belly laugh, a true... Yeah. I, I think you do have to be relaxed to a degree yeah to be able to to be able to to just laugh. and and laughter is so powerful. yeah it's it's a real healer. It really, really is.
1: Yeah, and there's such a communal aspect about it. Like when you're in a comedy venue or, or, or doing a show and everybody's there together, they're all laughing together. They're kind of looking at each other. They're, they're seeing each other's expressions. And and there's something that's kind of, there's a camaraderie that's built mm-hmm. in that moment through comedy, I feel like. And, um, and you know, when people are, when it's over, people feel like, man, I almost know you better. Maybe I've never met you before. I bet I've been sitting next right. to you. We've been laughing right. together. I feel like I and know you. Know, go on. Let me tell
0: you. I've gotten a lot of material out of pastoring, and it's, it's been a big help <laughs> oh, yeah. over the years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Brett, thanks so much for, uh, for taking these minutes to uh, just talk about comedy and the creation of comedy and, and a little bit about your story, and it was just great connecting. And Man, I cannot
0: wait to get out there and see everybody in person again and just have a good time together, laugh together.
1: Thanks again to Brett for joining us today. Remember to check out his website at thebretthollis.com. Follow him on Twitter at thebrettholles. And for all the latest Lighthouse Church info, make sure you get over to our website, lccfdl.us. Well, thanks for tuning in for this edition of the podcast. And remember, we come alive through the power of Jesus Christ. I'll catch you again real soon on Come Alive. Oh, thank you.